Okay, so normally I don't do videos or episodes about one guy saying, oh, the aliens exist and this and that, and, and one another guy said this, because that happens all the time, right? People claim to be anonymous, and then they come out, and it's kind of hard to substantiate. So I'm very careful when I do that. But what drove me or inspired me to do this episode was the fact that Harry Reid, who retired very recently from the United States Senate, was a very well-respected and long-time United States Senator. I believe he was a, a conservative Republican, but anyways, his, his party affiliation doesn't seem to matter. Um, he came out and said, essentially, that the United States government has been hiding and shielding for years the technology and UFO information and extraterrestrial information in ways that are unimaginable. And that, that's a quote from him. That's what he said. And then all of a sudden, the, the certain government agencies got involved, and then he had to clarify his statement on Twitter saying, I didn't really mean it, and he kind of had to pull back, and yada, yada, yada. Okay, and then we have the former Canadian defense minister, who's been very vocal on the subject of UFOs for a very long time, but every couple of years, he'll say something new. So I said, it, I said to myself, it's best, and it's probably time to discuss this. So according to howandwise.com, but again, you can look this up anywhere. Former Canadian Minister of Defense Paul Hellyer said that aliens not only exist, but they're on Earth among people. He said that there have been, at the very least, four EBE, or alien species, visiting Earth for thousands of years. So he held a high public office in the 60s during the Cold War in, in Canada. And he claimed, and I quote, that he had learned for certain about the existence of aliens during his time in the military. And according to him, the inhabitants of other planets, so these aliens, have visited the Earth for millennia. Now, there's also a former United States um, high-ranking soldier that just before death uh, showed some pictures and admitted that they're on Earth. And you can find that video on YouTube. It's extremely popular. So I decided because of that, I'm not going to cover it here. Uh, anyways, in support of his words... The 90-year-old ex-minister spoke about one incident that occurred in 1961. Now, this is the part on howandwise.com that really got my attention. Because he said, when Canada noticed a group of roughly 50 unidentified flying objects moving from the Soviet Union at the time, now Russia, to, uh, to Europe, it sparked their attention. Then, this group of objects suddenly went to the North Pole and then disappeared. Now, of course, at the time, they had the technology to be able to track these, uh, these UFOs or any type of aircraft flying within uh, anywhere on Earth. They were able to track it. Then Hellyer noted that the investigation of this incident lasted three years and unequivocally showed that it was the activity of extraterrestrial civilizations that flew to Earth to make sure that people would not use nuclear weapons, then all of a sudden the Canadian government covered it up. Now, what I want to say quickly is that for as much as people talk about the United States government covering things up, guaranteed, on almost every level, they are doing things that you know the Canadian government and other countries don't even come close to, just because they got the money behind it, they have all the most of the, the bright minds there, the intelligence and, and what have you. And most of the, the UFO sightings, whether it's humans or extraterrestrials, tend to occur in the United States. I mean, they occur around the world, but Canada, it occurs too, but not like in the U.S. The U.S. is a far greater proportion in almost every aspect. 
with that being said, though, nobody seems to ever talk about the Canadian defense minister. I mean, it gets talked about in forums online and things like this, but it doesn't seem to, to, to make the, the mainstream news it's, or something like that. It's like, why hasn't this guy been interviewed by anybody? not even the mainstream media, but anybody that has some type of reputable credibility behind their name that can ask him these questions. So according to Hellyer, these EBEs actually have been living on Earth for thousands of years, and they look very similar to humans. Again, this has to do with the Nordic species I've spoken about before. So it would be very difficult to, to, to sort of notice them amongst large groups of people, particularly within large cities. As you're walking around the city, it's hard to go and notice, okay, this person's facial features are a little bit different than mine or the average human being that I know, really. So let's kind of, you know, just ask him, are you an alien, <laughs> right? So um, he's also said, and I quote that, uh, according to howandwise.com, that aliens have visited Earth from different star systems, including the Pleiades and Andromeda. And he said, and I quote, there are extraterrestrials that come from Andromeda and ones that live on one of Saturn's moons. There is a federation of these people and they have rules. One of them is that they don't interfere with our affairs unless they are invited. Now, this falls in line with a lot of things that a lot of former soldiers and intelligence officers who coincidentally died when they got too close to exposing things that seem to be true, pockets of truth, let's call them, this is identical to what they've said. One of Saturn's moons has a civilization, the Andromeda star system, the Zeta Reticuli star system, the Cygnus star system. These are all star systems that seem to inhabit literal advanced civilizations. Now, that's not to say they're all advanced relative or compared to us, but it's interesting to say. With that being said, I also think that it's important to note that Instead of doing an entire episode on it, I just want to bring this up in here. During the 15th and 16th century, right when astronomy was starting to kick off, right when humans were able to develop their own uh, telescopes, I mean, they weren't high-tech by any means, but telescopes nonetheless, they discovered and noticed and have written down in their journals, which have been hidden as well, these astronomers, five, 600 years ago, they noticed substantial activity on the moon, as well as flashing lights from distant planets that seem to be attempting to communicate with them. Now, what those distant planets were, it doesn't say because in, in the journals, they've been covered up and classified and redacted. So anything that's even been released or been able to be uh, leaked of any point hasn't described what planets. It only talked about there being substantial movement and activity on the moon. And then other planets communicating via some type of Morse code or flashing lights, a sort of communication, if you will. Okay? Now, again, howandwise.com, former Secretary of Defense of Canada, noted that these extraterrestrials are not aggressive and have a huge stock of knowledge. However, according to him, guests from other planets do not want, they don't want to share their knowledge with people yet because they are afraid that earthlings would use them for wars and not for good purposes. Again, it makes perfect sense. Just look at what's going on in the world right now, whether it's politically or whether it's uh, racially or with all the natural disasters. I think we as a planet, as a species, I knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, I think we're going to be just fine. With that being said, I think that if you're a, an advanced race looking down on a, an inferior race, a less superior race, 
and you see all the shit that's going on, the last thing you want to do is hand over technology that could only increase what the, the racial division or increase the military dominance of a certain country. That would be the last thing you'd want to do. And it makes perfect sense makes perfect sense. So not only that, but there's also something else I wanted to cover as well, because speaking of um, Saturn and, and Mars and, and things like this, it's very intriguing to sit back and say, okay, there are planets in our solar system, but then there are also planets that are outside of our solar system, that just because we think we're the center of the universe because we seem to be the only living things in the universe doesn't make it true. I think we are not even close to being the center of the universe. I think that humanity is in a state of amnesia, and I think it's extremely important that people understand what's going on here. So what I also want to talk about is this. There are pyramids, okay? There are pyramids that are being found constantly, that are not really being reported officially, but if you dig and do enough research, you'll find the, the substantiated evidence to back it up. Whether it's in, it's underwater, deep underwater, pyramids or pyramids in Antarctica, pyramids in Europe, pyramids in the Middle East. I mean, okay, the Egyptian pyramids and, and the Mexican pyramids, yes. But again, I've said this before. The pyramids that are still standing today only seem to still be standing because of the fact that the weather all right, was able to preserve them. Now, what I want to talk about as well, too, has to do with a little bit of the Middle East, and it covers a few things. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea is this. To say that we're there for the oil, we're in the Middle East for the oil, I think is a load of crap. I think it was one of many reasons, but I think initially when there was the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan in the early 2000s, I think it was to push a much bigger agenda. Now, yes, okay, sure, a, a strategic military agenda to expand the United States' control. Yes, that's one of them. But I also think that major countries like U.S., China, Russia, Israel, um, and maybe a couple others are fighting and vying for control of the Middle East because they're trying to crack the code that seems to put humanity in a state of constant regurgitation and constant amnesia. It's like every two, three thousand years we forget what the hell we did two thousand years before that. Okay? There's constant and there's an insurmountable sign or of evidence that we had some type of knowledge that we don't have now whether it's the Stonehenge or the pyramids or the pyramids being found underwater or the pyramids or Atlantis or the, the pyramids being found in Europe, the pyramids being found hidden underneath icebergs in the Antarctic. Something went on that utilized the building of these pyramids that created the ability to either use these pyramids as a source of energy, as a source to communicate with other beings or other, or other entities in maybe different dimensions, okay, or maybe in different realms within this dimension. Could be, it could have been used for many different things. A lot of people have a bunch of different theories as well, okay? But the question becomes, what if the pyramids and ancient monolithic sites throughout northern Africa and the Middle East have actually given humanity insight to a forgotten civilization that was perhaps at one point even more advanced than we are today. Okay, because when you think about it, if a natural disaster or even an artificial one wiped out 90% of the world's population tomorrow, what would the remaining 10% dedicate the rest of their time to other than survival? 
I'd imagine they'd probably take all of the knowledge they have at their disposal and build something that can never be destroyed by any force of nature while simultaneously combining precise science and astronomy to calculate exactly how and when this event occurred as a hope to warn future generations as well as leave some type of mark after most or all of the evidence of our civilization has been destroyed. Okay? And the thing about this is that, for example, a gentleman by the name of Graham Hancock, he believes in a lot of these proposals and theories, and he believes that a lot of this evidence is being covered up, at least from the mainstream aspect of society, for the simple fact that there's so many things to put together, and our history is so distorted. It, it, whatever institution or group that's hiding this, or, or groups, are, saying, are, are coming together and pretty much saying, listen, it's so distorted, the public doesn't deserve to know the truth, they probably freak out, blah, 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 let them just stick to their religion, there's enough people that follow religion still, even though it's not as much as before, there's still enough that follow it, so let's just kind of leave it where it is. Okay? As simple as that. I mean, when you think about it, it seems like the way Atlantis was talked about, I know that Plato referenced Atlantis, and there's a debate as to whether or not it was real, but... The more evidence we're finding about Atlantis, the more we realize that it was kind of like the New York of today. Okay, so Atlantis was sort of like the New York of today, and it seems like that no one wants to talk about it because they're, the people that seem to know things are afraid to talk about it, or they, if they, they're not afraid to talk about it, they imply things in ways that are very subtle and subliminal. Okay, now I know I might be jumping all over the place, but with that being said, I also want to talk about reaching a larger perspective. And what I mean by reaching a larger perspective is this. After the Roswell crash, you don't have to believe it, but I'm just saying to absorb this in your mind. The Roswell crash, I believe it was 1946 or 47, most of the gray aliens or entities on that ship died because of the impact of the crash. I believe there were one or two that were still alive. And they interviewed these. And the, the most significant notes that they received information from these aliens that spoke telepathically, I was able to get a hold of. And I highlighted them and summarized them, essentially, just so you guys can understand this. Now, let me just get right to it. So, when it comes to death and the pyramid civilizations, okay, because this is the most important part. So, this extraterrestrial from the Roswell crash said this, all of the pyramid civilizations of Earth were carefully contrived of layer upon layer of lies, skillfully combined with a few truths. The priest cult of the old empire combined sophisticated mathematics and space opera technology with theatrical metaphors and symbolism. All of these are complete fabrications of truth baited with the allure of aesthetics and mystery. The in intricate rituals astronomical alignments, secret rites, massive monuments, marvelous architecture, artistically rendered hieroglyphs, and man-animal gods, if you will, were designed to create an unsolvable mystery for the ISBE, which is what these greys refer to as humans, ISB, prison population on Earth. The mystery diverts attention away from the truth that ISBEs, or humans, have been captured, given amnesia, and imprisoned on a planet far, far away from their home. The truth is, and I know 
this is a lot to take in, but this uh, this extraterrestrial goes on to say that the truth is that every single ISBE or human on Earth came to Earth from some other planetary system. Not one person on Earth is a quote-unquote native inhabitant. Human beings did not evolve on Earth. That is insane. This uh, alien then goes on to say, these electronic monitoring port uh, points now he's talking about when humans die. Create force screens designed to detect and capture ISBEs, humans, when the ISBE departs the body at death, so when the soul leaves the body. Humans are brainwashed, or ISBEs are brainwashed using extreme electronic force in order to maintain Earth's population in state of perpetual amnesia. Further population controls are installed through the use of long-range electronic thought control mechanisms. These stations are still in operation and they are extremely difficult to attack or destroy, even for the domain, which will not maintain a significant military force in this area until a later date. What this being means by domain, I have no idea. What I'm trying to do in this episode is give you a combination of eyewitness accounts, reputable people, reputable um, officials from multiple countries, and if you want to believe it, you don't have to, but if you want to believe it, quotes from a literal gray alien that has talked about this. Now, when you sit back and you look at humanity as a whole at this moment, you think, okay, what the hell is going on? This doesn't make sense. But when you really take a step back and you say, hold on, the world or the earth that we live on is one big kinetic machine that just keeps operating in a cyclical manner. You start to realize that there is a, this is a form of brainwash. Maybe not in the traditional way that we know it, and maybe the reason why we don't know this as the traditional form of brainwashing is because we've maybe been taught to think that the standard definition of brainwashing is something entirely different than what these beings that have put us on this planet and enslaved us really is. Now, again, this might go back to the Anunnaki theory, which is that they enslaved us and they want us to keep looking for gold. The thing about all of this is that there's so much distortion amongst the different truths of our past that we can't figure it out. And a lot of people think, okay, when we die, maybe we'll figure it out because our soul will understand and this and that. And But if these literal mechanical, I guess you could say, uh, machines or mechanisms of energy that constantly put us in a state of amnesia are being used... That means that these extraterrestrials will understand how to control, and I'm not saying the greys, I'm just saying whatever extra, uh, extraterrestrials imprisoned us, if you will, understand how to control us, not just in the physical realm, but in different realms as well. Okay, and I know I did an episode recently where I talked about humanity being in a state of amnesia, but I, I can't emphasize this more because it's hard to look for the truth when there's so much BS wrapped around it. And we're living in a time today where we don't even know what's going on on the other side of the world at this time is true. Imagine what we knew what was going on on the earth uh, uh, millions of years ago. And so I think this is the constant regurgitation of the soul. When they talk about people dying and being given the option in, uh, to come back to earth in a different body, but you don't remember your previous life. This could have to do with the Akashic Records. This could, this could explain everything. This could literally explain everything and, and explain why civilizations have been distorting information being passed down from the beginning. Now, you might then ask, okay, what the hell, what's the beginning? 
Well, that's the problem. We don't know what the beginning is because we've been in a state of amnesia or we've been forgetting things or in a state of massive dementia for so long. Okay? So I hope you guys wake up and realize that what I'm saying may not actually be the truth. And I hope I'm not bringing you and along with me, myself, down the rabbit hole even more. It might not be the truth, but it helps open your mind to a broader perspective and realize that we are all just one within this massive cog and machine. Even if you say, well, I'm a free person, there's no such thing as freedom, sadly. What, because when you think about it, when you say, well, I want to watch my movie. Or I want to watch, you know, that's how I enjoy it. I want to watch my favorite movie. That's how I want to enjoy myself. Or I want to go play sports or something like this. You are enslaving yourself to that particular task. So this idea of enslaving yourself seems to be constantly reoccurring over and over and over again. And it's very sad. It's very, it is sad. I mean, I can't say that it is. It's very sad. Okay? But at the end of the day... True freedom lies when we are not connected or obligated or committed or being forced to be enslaved to anything, whether it's physically here or whether it's an idea or a metaphor or whether it's literal money. We have to change the way in which we approach things. So at the worst case, even if this interview with, the, with this gray alien is not even real, at the very worst case, it helps you open your mind, right? So let me know what you guys think. And uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you.